is Where Have You Been? podcast about movies and the friends who haven't seen them. And today, we enter into the circle of trust Uh by diving into 2000s comedy slash anxiety experience, Meet the Parents. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good one. Right. Spoiler for the very end of the pod, but I'm just going to go up front and say this was way better than I remembered it being or had hopes for it being from a comedy from the year 2000. Yeah, I guess uh, spoiler alert for sure for the end of the pod. Uh, definitely an underrated movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought, like, I don't know, it kind of fits. I, I shouldn't say it fits, but I mean, like, it could still be played today. And I, I think it held up pretty well for 22 years old. Yes, 100%. And there, it's, listen, we've done a couple comedies on here that are a little older. And it's been a, a yike city. Shouts to Trading Places. Um, <laughs> yeah, holy fuck, was that movie inappropriate? Um, but anyways, this one was pretty good. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it in a while, I would encourage you to check it out. Um, I mentioned on our teaser, if you have TNT or TBS, um, you know, on your cable package, shouts to you if you still have cable. Like, let's go. What are you like, sixty plus? Um, wow, don't make fun of my parents. Come on. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can just log into uh, the online version of TNT and TBS and watch it on demand. Apparently, otherwise you gotta rent it. Um, but I I think it's worth it. It's got some pretty good stuff in it. Um, definitely worth a watch. So do that. If you've never seen it before, obviously. As I say always, what the hell are you doing here? Right. Um, yeah. Pause the pod. We love your support. Thank you so much. But watch the movie and then listen to us blabber about it. We don't want to. We don't want to ruin it for you. Yes. Um, I've got a couple things I want to talk about before we dive into the movie, and that sure. is just the concept of the movie, right? So, meet the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this long-standing meme before there even were memes. Um. That, like, meeting the parents, the in-laws, sorry, I should say, meeting the in-laws is, like, this traumatic, high-stress type situation um, where hijinks will ensue, right? (laughs) Like, you know, it's going to be, like, this experience. And, I mean, this goes all the way back. I mean, this is played in cinema forever, like, shouts to uh, Sidney Portier in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is a great, great film. Um... I mean, that's old. That's an old ass movie. If you've never seen that one, definitely worth watching. But this whole thing of like meeting the person um, that your daughter or uh, son is marrying uh, is kind of like this this weird flashpoint. I think um, where you can see some sparks. And so I was curious. Um, we're both married, so yeah, I thought we yeah. could dive a little bit into meeting our in-laws, or just any like in-law shenanigans, 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 shenanigans. 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 Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously they might listen to the pod. We're, we're gonna, we're, we'll keep like the the deep cuts. I got a couple <laughs> deep cuts that we just share amongst ourselves. Um, sure. But you know, if you got a story or anything, what what do you got? Well, that's the thing. So, like for me, meeting the in-laws was not that big of a deal. And for Amber, it was a big deal. Okay, so um, when Amber and I first started dating, 
This was like uh, a week or two before Thanksgiving. And then I'm like, oh, hey, do you want to come to Thanksgiving with me? And then she's like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because she's just like, besides meeting your parents for the first time, I'm meeting the rest of your family as well. And I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. I don't think much. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, no. Good call, Ben. Hey, uh, that's 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 on me. That's on me right there. Um, (laughs) But then uh, meeting her parents, it took a little while. Like she always held off for a little bit because she was like anxious to make sure like because uh, she's like she's got a, a great relationship with her parents and like I'm not saying I don't have a great relationship with mine or anything but but she has like this really tight thing where she just wants to make sure that the person that she's with is like uh, doesn't have to be perfect but like good enough to meet her worth parents it. yeah yeah worth yeah. it totally worth it um, and we've been together for we were together for a while when the first time I met her parents but like her mom and I know you and your wife know her mom. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, she, she, uh, Amber's mom. she's, oh yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, she kind of forced her way into meeting me by going, mm. to this, by going to this Yelp event with Amber and myself. So like, uh, we're going to this Yelp event and then like a day or two before the event happens, um, her mom like messaged her saying like, oh, hey, dad and I are going to be there too. And I remember Amber's heart just like sank to her stomach and she's just like texted me and I'm like, hey, and I I was like, I I understood how she felt about that. Uh, So I was like, hey, if you don't want me to go, I don't have to go. We don't have to. I I could just I can hold back. I can just stay home. It's all good. And she thought that was very sweet of me. But uh, so she said that I could still go. (laughs) Um, And hey, like pause for a second. Amber doing like what we're going to criticize Pam as not doing is like kind of giving a heads up, like a little bit of a warning, like, Hey, I think my parents are a little bit goofy. And if they're not, then it's totally cool. <laughs> Pam, listen, Pam's parents are fucking goofy. Oh yeah. They're way goofy. Uh, and just lets Greg walk into this fucking <laughs> trap. So, you know, I guess, I guess shouts to Amber a little bit, even though I think she was building it up into something that it wasn't, which yeah. is typical Amber, you know, we've both known her for a long time, but <laughs> Please continue. Sorry. No, it's all good. But uh, no, meeting her parents that night was really awesome. It was really cool. I was, uh, you know, I was a little intimidated because, you know, I didn't I didn't know them or anything. And I just wanted to make sure I made a good first impression. So this was like a beer event. I made sure I didn't drink that much. Um, mm. <laughs> to me. Yes. So I didn't do anything crazy. Um, and, you know, it was it was a lot of fun getting the chance to meet uh, her parents. And it's funny looking back at when I first met her parents to how our relationship is now. We're like we're very loud and open and and like can we can like joke with each other and everything compared to like the first time I met them. It's like a completely different like it's like a one eighty pretty much and uh, but it's 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 absolutely awesome meeting them the first time and then seeing how that relationship has gone uh, from then and it's great that I can call them in laws now. I uh, I'm, I'm glad it's not one of those things where uh, you know where they where people make horror stories out of in laws but this is this has been absolutely wonderful <laughs> the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I listen i sometimes sometimes i'm just like i don't i just don't see it cuz like I, I, spoiler i love my in laws mm-hmm. as well yeah. i'm literally going to go visit them tomorrow nice um and they're great people yeah i just is it like an overblown thing maybe i'm listen i'm not hoping I'm hoping that all of a sudden my in-laws become terrorizing <laughs> maniacs. Um, but it is kind of like I look around and even like most of the relationships I've been in, um, you know, their parents have been pretty normal. Yeah. So it's like it's it's an interesting question of like, is this just this overblown thing that's just played for laughs at times that some of the in-laws are are, are bad? And listen, I know every family has that one 
group and set in there that's just kind of like sketch as hell. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think before I want to ask you more about your first uh, meeting with your in-laws. Ah, but but uh, yes. before I go forward, I mean, this whole horror story about in-laws thing, I wonder, I, I think about this and how like comedians back in like the 90s and even before that always made jokes about hating their spouses. And I wonder if that was the same thing. And we kind of threw that out the window as we, you know, us, like our generation got older and actually found people we love <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't like know why would you marry someone you hate, yeah, you exactly. fucking psychopath? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder okay. if that kind of like went out the window with the in-laws thing, you know? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Let us know in the comments if you hate your in-laws, you know, post it on <laughs> Facebook for them to see. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Let them know. Finally, let it, like what our oh podcast is like. Just air your grievances. <laughs> our podcast is going to cause a lot of issues. And uh, oh god, yeah. Anyways, yeah. what's 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 your what's your first uh, meeting of your in-law story? My first meeting, like, so listen, my first meeting is not a funny story at all. Oh. It's actually a sad story. Oh. Um, but it was, it, it's, it, I don't, whatever. Uh, so Amy and I have been dating. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the time wrong, and she's gonna flip because she <laughs> is a rule follower. But we were dating for a little bit. I'll say that not okay. not very long. Okay. Um, and we were at. Uh, Applebee's for trivia shouts to right. Applebee's All actually right. fuck Applebee's um, but we were <laughs> yeah, at right. a trivia night for Applebee's man remember trivia you know pre-pandemic when you would go out with all your yeah. friends and do trivia god good man, times I used um, to bartend for those all the time oh my gosh man I kind of miss them a little bit yeah. um, and um, Amy my, my wife got a phone call saying that her grandmother had a uh, a, a medical event and oh. was in the hospital um, and that she needed to, to get up there as, as quick as she could. Right. Um, which is obviously like a holy shit moment. Like you're, you know, you're with friends and you're doing this whole thing and it's this great, awesome experience. And then bam, you know, you get that hammer. We've all been there before where that, that one kind of dose of reality hits. And, uh, the, the issue is that her grandmother was like four hours away. Oh, right. Shit. And this was, this was, it was like eight o'clock, nine o'clock or something like that. And obviously, you know, as anybody would be with that type of news, she was a little bit of a wreck. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, she's not going to be able to make it up there on her own. So I was like, get in the car. I'm just going to drive you up there. Like, no question. No questions asked. I'll I'll, I'll take you up. Um, and it, like, again, we hadn't been dating very long. I'd never met her parents. I knew really almost nothing about anybody. I don't even know if I had met her sister before. Um, and... You know, so so drove up, um, and uh, it was a crazy drive, mm-hmm. uh, as, as one can imagine. And wow, yeah. so that was my first meeting. So I feel like I was, I don't want to be like shining armor kind of dude, but it was like I could have been a total piece of shit, and I feel like anybody would have been like, wow, this person's kind of legit. Um, but it's not. that's not why I did it, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was more just like this person I care about is going through something pretty bad. I would have done it for anybody. You know, I'd have done it for any of my friends even in that situation. Um, so that was the first time I met them. It was weird. It was like drove all the way up uh, and then basically just like crashed in a hospital. Like, and then like the next morning basically just like drove home and was like, you know, okay. I, you know, obviously good luck. I hope everything right, you right. know works out and every, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say the first normal meeting, I don't really remember because, like, that's such a, like, flashpoint, like, holy hell. 
Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like similar things like what you were saying, like we're just like a, a great family unit now that like meets together for like different types of things, like yeah. you know, different mini adventures, family vacations. They're big on like taking a trip every year. Nice. So like we go to lots of places and we get along well. And there's, there's like fun little meme stuff that you can kind of laugh about, but nothing that's like tension building or anything. There's no like polygraphs or yeah, right. uh, anything like that. Um, so yeah. So okay. meeting the in-laws. My yeah. story is kind of weird. Buzz, buzz no, no, Kelly, I mean, but, like, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, the story, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely sad, but I mean, it was awesome to see that you were there for, you know, Amy and her time in need. And I mean, it shows, shows the kind of person that you are and, and how you guys have done. And that's probably why her parents Aww. are like, uh, probably why her parents are like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I hope so, yeah. at least, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, next, I got another question for you. All right. So this one is, you know, the whole, the premise of this movie a little bit is that, you know, meeting the parents for the first time, and then he wants to ask um, Pam to, mm-hmm. to marry him, mm-hmm. uh, but then finds out, like, oh, shit, I should have asked the dad first, and he keeps trying to ask the dad, and it, like, it keeps getting interrupted, you know, it's this whole running bit. <laughs> Um, so it's kind of curious, like for you, mm-hmm. right? What did what were your situation of like asking the dad about marriage? Like before you proposed, mm-hmm. did you did you feel like this? I had to do I, it. Where were you at? Well, okay, that's the thing. So what I did was like, <laughs> I was talking to Amber's mom about this already, um, and like actually, I bought the ring, uh, and Amber's mom knew about it and everything. Um, but then I, I waited to ask her dad, and I, I didn't really think about it. And then, like, her mom kind of brought it up, like, hey, maybe you could ask her. And I, it was, like, kind of going in my brain a little bit where I should maybe ask uh, Amber's dad. And uh, I knew the answer was going to be yes. I wasn't, like, nervous or anything. But I actually, I bought the ring. Amber's mom knew about it. And then when the ring showed up at their house, um, I went over there, and I'm like, so... Earl, what's up? And I did this a lot. I don't know. I'm doing. I did a lot better than what I'm about to do right now. But I was like, so what's up? I love your daughter, and I want to get married to her. What's up? Where you think we're cool? Is that cool? And then he just said yes. I'm like, well, thank God, because I bought the ring. It's right over there. Um, but yeah. So I, I mean, I'm cool with it. Like I, I understand. I, I think that's more like a, like a, an old school type of thing. Like, I guess it all depends. Yeah. Like if I, you know, if um. If whatever my uh, children, if they get married or anything, then uh, uh, and and someone needs to ask me, I'm not gonna like go out of my way and be like, hey, why didn't you ask me first or something like that or I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I it's guess such it a weird vibes. I don't right. get it. Right. Yeah. But that's not really my thing. Yeah. Did, you, did you ask uh, Amy's dad? I did. I did not. Okay. Um, and for like a, a kind of like specific reason in that like it was something that was like. In my mind, it was like, all right, we're going to do this, and it's going to be great. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to work. Like, there's no there's no doubts about anything at all. And me, I'm a showman. Everybody that knows me knows this. And yeah. so I was like, I want to do a surprise proposal. So I was going to do a surprise at uh, one of our pep rallies. We both work at the same high school. Yeah, um, okay. And uh, I was, like, going back and forth on this, like, I initially was going to do it and then like this whole scheduling snafu happened and it got pushed up Uh um, the date of doing it and shouts to my friends, uh, Ange and Cassie, who basically, I don't want to say bullied me into doing it, but we're like, (laughs) you could still do it. Just do it. But I like didn't have a ring. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like 
you know, it got pushed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it actually worked out really well. I got to, you know, go to my, go, t- I told my parents what yeah. I was going to do. Um, they were super excited. And my mom gave me this old ring uh, that ended up pro- proposing with. Nice. Um, and my in-laws were on a vacation in the Bahamas. Oh, so it was like one of those things where like their cell phones weren't, you know, yeah. they, you know, they didn't have the roaming plan or whatever. So it was like, if you did it, you were going to call you to call on the front desk mm-hmm. type situation. And it was just like, oh my fucking God, like I can't do this. And I also was like, like I knew them, but I didn't know, know them. And I was like, I don't know if they could keep a secret. You know, I'm very <laughs> like, listen, I'm, I'm legit when it comes to surprises. Oh, yeah. I, it's a very tight knit, like we're, we're crushing this circle of trust, talking yeah, circle, circle of trust, trust yeah. here. Right. Um, and so I do the proposal. It's all amazing. It's great. It's like, oh, my God. And, you know, everybody's calling us and calling us and whatnot. And we're like, oh, my God, it's going to get on social media. We got to call your parents. And so we call. We leave a message at the front desk. <laughs> it's, it's very much like, listen, hi, we love you. It's OK. It is not. This is not an emergency because like that's normally why you'd be calling right, somebody. Right. right? Like, oh, my God, like we got in a car accident or I broke my leg yeah. or something like that. It's like we are fine. We are OK. Can you please just call us back? Um, and, uh, you know, they were, they were just very excited and very happy. Um, and it was, it was a great moment, but it was one of those like, sorry, like, sorry for not asking, I guess. But they, they also were like, they just didn't, it wasn't a thing for them either. So I guess shouts to just like maturing and growing past this idea of like, uh, like your daughter as a property that has to be given away. Like Jesus Christ, (laughs) like we don't have to do this anymore. Right. All right. Yeah. That was a lot, not about the movie, but hey, you learned a little bit more about us. Hope <laughs> hey. you liked it. Um, that's it. Uh, see you next week. Um, <laughs> new segment about uh, uh, just us and our lives related to a film. Uh, <laughs> Without talking about the film. That's it, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, so let's let's dive into this movie a little bit. Um, Want to bring up uh, director? You know, I, I try to shout out the directors a little bit here. Jay Roach. Great name, by the way. Right. It's just a great name. Um. Who you might know is the guy who did the Austin Powers movies. He's nice. done a couple like comedies here and there. Um, no, nothing like major. This isn't like a amazing shot movie or anything, but mm-hmm. pretty pretty uh, su- successful. Uh, so successful, in fact, that it spawned two sequels um, that were ridiculously panned. Um, like everybody pretty much hated them, but everybody oh, went man. anyways. Um, Meet the Fockers uh, was this direct sequel um, taking place like two years after. And it was about their wedding, uh, Greg and Pam's wedding. um, And, uh, you know, very, very successful. Uh, And then a third one called Little Fockers involving the kids um, that uh, I mean, I think it it got uh, De Niro and Stiller both 20 million dollars a piece to appear in the film. So shouts to them. Get your money, dudes. Um, But you're not much. To really remember um, here, I would say, like, you could definitely skip these. You don't have to watch them. In fact, I I would encourage you to not. I never (laughs) saw the third one. I didn't know the third one existed. Yeah. Yep. uh, 2010. So it was a little bit later, but, uh, you know, hey, everybody's got to cash them checks, right? Rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and roll. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's go into the the how'd you do segment. Mm Mm-hmm. Kisses, um, listen, wow. I don't want to say this is the worst you've ever done, but it's pretty bad. Uh, he, you guessed 13. There were 65 instances of a kiss in this film. Um, shouts to them, right? Kissing is great. 
we should all have 65 kisses in our two-hour period, right? Exactly. Why not? Exactly. Well, I didn't know that. Put on know, that chapstick. Robert, <laughs> put on that chapstick. Make sure you're not giving them a nice dry kiss. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know uh, Robert De Niro was going to go crazy and like kiss his daughter all the time. So here yes. I am yep. sitting. I thought 13 was here a you lot. you are. I thought 13 was a yep. lot. Uh, Fokker uh, was said to great comedic effect 35 times. You guessed 41. So pretty, pretty damn close. close. Nice job, sir. It's a nice, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Circle of Trust. Uh, you guessed 17 times would be referenced. It was mentioned seven times. Mm. God. Bad things happen to Greg. Um, you guessed <laughs> nine, uh, which, man, I think we hit nine, like, almost right away. Yeah. 35 was the official count. Your mileage might vary on what we decided to count as something right. bad happening to Greg. But it's basically almost every comedic element in the film is like Greg fucking up or something really <laughs> fucking up to Greg. Yeah. Um, and it works. It's just great. It, it worked out really well. So, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, I'm glad it was 35 instead of nine. Yeah, me too. I just uh, thought, yeah. damn, I was like, how, how bad can it really be for somebody? And it was oh, it was yeah, truly bad. bad. Yes, very bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, and was the title set out loud? Sadly, it was not, which Some again, it was like bullshit, man. We're close it should have been said right i thought maybe at the end there when uh when you know jack was like well you know there's one thing we got to do and then i'm like come on say meet the parents meet the parents and he's like you gotta meet his parents i'm like no yep. come uh, on yep rough rough times god damn it <laughs> close the nerd corner nerd corner time this movie has a 7, flat 7, on IMDb with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 84% critics, 79% audience scores. Pretty beloved film. Everybody yeah, yeah. pretty much has positive vibes about it. $55 million budget, and it made, again, like I said, bank $330 million, um, which in the year 2000, Rock and roll. holy fuck, that's, that's a lot of cheese uh, right. for just this random comedy with a guy's last name is Fokker. Um <laughs> Speaking of Fokker, if you notice when you watch the film, um, there's this weird uh, dubbing kind of vibe that they get when they say the name. And it's because the MPAA would not allow the name Fokker unless the filmmakers could find an actual person with the surname. Oh, and they found um, one. And they found one. Uh, and, you know, we have to give credit where credit is due. And that is Jim Carrey originally was going to star in the Ben Stiller role. Uh, and as part of the writing and the screenplay process, he came up with the main character being named Fokker. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And most of the movie was filmed without deciding how to say Fokker. So they had to go back and re-record it. Oh. And I just have to say, listen, I filmed a couple things. I don't want to call them movies, but things. Um, and low, low budget affairs. Yeah, yeah. This had to have been terrifying as the actors, the directors, everybody involved with the picture were basically going to hope that the MPAA and our production company will come to an agreement on us being allowed to say this name. And in the meantime, we're going to have a placeholder. And I would like so much of this movie is about this name as a joke. God. I mean, it said 35 God. times. And like, I just... Man, just had to have been a, a white knuckle roller coaster ride as they did this. Okay. But eventually, you know, obviously they approve it and it's good to go. They re-record it, but woo. As Man. as as one would say, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. 
Uh, let's talk Mr. Jinx. Uh, Robert De Niro wanted Mr. Jinx, the house cat, to appear in more scenes than he was supposed to because Robert De Niro just loved the cat so much. Uh, he would play with the cat between filming scenes. Two five-year-old Himalayan cats, Bailey and Misha, played Jinx the family pet. Before filming began, both cats spent time on the set getting to know the actors and surroundings so that they felt comfortable during the shoot. Two trainers and a veterinarian were also on the set at all times. That's cute. <laughs> Great performance yeah, as well. We, I, I have more to say about Mr. Jinx later. Yeah, I can't wait. Yep. Uh, Greg's airplane rant was cut from the version shown on planes, likely due to the use of the word bomb. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of fitting. I didn't really think about this, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I wonder what other movies, or if they just are like, you know, we're not going to show snakes on a plane on an airplane. <laughs> I mean, maybe Maybe not. you do. Like me, I would want to lean into it. I'd be like, let's fucking go. And I'd have like little fake snakes like drop from the ceiling yeah. out of the air masks. Fuck it, let's give people heart attacks. Oh you my know? god, I already hate I would be, enough, I shouldn't man. be in charge of anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. So whatever plane you are in charge of, make sure I do not go on that plane because I already hate planes <laughs> enough. Like, yeah. Cool. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right, when Jack first questions Greg about the circle of trust, he says that 19 months in a Vietnamese prison made him a patient man. This, of course, is reference to a movie called The Deer Hunter, uh, where Robert De Niro's character spends time in a Vietnamese prison camp. A wild movie, if you've never seen it. I have, um, I've heard slow, wild things about it. I've not yeah, seen it. slow burner. Great Christopher Walken performance. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's oof, it's out there. Uh, when Greg says Grace at the dinner table, it is actually the song Day by Day from the award-winning musical Godspell, which was playing over the speakers in the store in the previous scene. I'm oh, not going to lie to you. Wow. I didn't know that. I just thought he was, you know, a Jewish words. person bumbling the fuck through this thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, huh, when I did the research. And so I guess the more you know, right? Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last but not least, we got Buffy Link time. It's the Buffy Link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, you can say her name right. Actress Callie Roca actually appeared on Buffy twice. First in 2000 as Spike's unrequited love, uh, mm -hmm. Cecily, and then again in 2002 with a more robust role as the demon Halfrek. You might say, who the hell is Callie Roca? Well, she played the ticket taker at the airport that wouldn't let him get on. A very memorable <laughs> scene, a memorable bit. But there you have it. She was in Buffy good. twice. It's two different characters. Man. Oh, my God. I'm taking a victory lap. This That's makes good. up for the Scream one, which I felt like was not so great. In your face, Eric. I can find good ones. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Eric. I don't know. Fuck <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, man. <laughs> We're degeneration exiting it right That's now. It. We're both doing it. We're both doing yeah. the chops. Uh. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Favorite part of the movie, Ben. I kind of let you have the the driver's seat here, so I'm I'm just gonna comment on the things that I want to sure. comment on. But sure. take it away. What what are the things that you loved about this movie? So okay, on my notes, it originally just said all the bad things that happened to Greg. Now, there are a lot of bad things that <laughs> happened to Greg. Yes. So I am kind of breaking them down a little bit. Um, but we got to get it started right away in the beginning. You get a sense of Greg's bad luck as he tries to ask Pam to marry him. Um, like, I mean, 
he has this all set up with the with the kids in her class, and then they're standing in the window, and then they're not in the right position. So he's like trying to get them in the right position, and then right when they get in the right position, bam, her her sister calls her and says like, "Oh my God, she's engaged," and he asks dad and everything. Just like it was a good setup, like the beginning scene there of how 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 the movie was. was basically gonna go for Greg. Ballsy too. I just talked about like, listen, circle of trust. Who's gonna spill the beans on a secret? He's trusting what those kids are kindergarten, yeah. right? Yeah, something He's like trusting that. kindergartners. Jesus, God, couldn't trust in the spell though. That's it. Uh, that's yeah, it. that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then when he is there meeting that family. Uh, of course, they have that dinner scene where uh, Greg or Jack asked Greg to say grace, and then of course didn't know that was the mm-hmm. that was that's still insane to me that that was actually the song from the last scene. Um, yeah, but, but just day like, by day, day by day. I mean, he says it a You're lot. You're gonna Google it now. You're gonna YouTube I, it, listen to it today. You know, I mean, after this, after we're done here, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it. Um, and then I think also in that scene prior, uh, Greg kind of like, I don't know, lies to Jack about where he lives and what he did. He like lived on a farm or whatever. So then that kind of got brought yeah. up during the dinner scene. And, uh, you know, he says like, oh, he li- he's from Detroit. And then Jack's like, oh, I thought you lived in a farm. And he's like, I uh, was sort of per se, but it was cats. I milked cats. They're like, well, first he's like, what, what did you milk? And he's like, cats. And then he had to go into the story about how this one little runt cat couldn't make it up to the teeth, so then he had to milk the cat. And then, of course, like, He's like yeah, you can milk anything with yeah, nipples. Yeah. And, then, and then Jack's like, I have nipples. Can you milk me, Greg? And uh, that's I, I I think that's probably one of the best lines in the movie right there is Can you milk that's me? That's so good. Greg? This is this is my favorite scene. This whole stretch is oh, just yeah. this is on the TV. You're you're sitting the fuck down and you are watching this through. It was an absolutely wonderful scene, especially like when, you know, first he's like, oh, is that vase, uh, is that vase another one of your secret cameras? And he's like, blah, 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 blah. and then they're like, actually, that's Jack's uh, dead mom. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, and then mm-hmm. uh, accidentally breaks it with some champagne, you know, pretty hilarious. Of course, some bad things going to happen. And then, of course, right after that, Mr. Jinx goes ahead and pees on the ashes. So. And it's so good. Listen, I have a cat, and they they capture the cat, like, turns to the camera and does this face, like, the pee face. (laughs) And it is so good. And just, like, oh, like, the Robert De Niro reaction to it is just chef's kiss. His, like, look of horror. He, like, his head goes back. His his mouth does that, like, clown, like, reverse uh, smile thing, open mouth. Like, you know what I'm saying. If you've seen it, you know. Yeah. it's it's a fantastic whole the whole scene is just great. It, it was wonderful. And it's even better because he like he wants the nice champagne and he ends up getting like the six dollar bottle from the <laughs> the uh, the Walgreens right. or whatever the fuck yeah. they're at. And the clerk is like, uh, yeah, that's it. We have one brand. <laughs> <laughs> so he buys this fancy champagne. Mm-hmm. Oh God, good stuff. Gracious. Right there. Good stuff. Yep. Um, and then, of course, we can't uh, go without talking about the polygraph scene. Um, first of all, I don't know why you would put him in a room close to your secret room. But either way, I digress. Um, you get in there. He sees, like, all this military stuff about what Jack actually did and actually does. Um, and then the polygraph happens, you know. Signs him up. Of course, you know, Greg is a little nervous about everything. And the questions that Jack asks him just go from... Like, just from, like, plain innocent ones to just hilarious. First, they asked him, just to give, like, a test question, like, did you ride on a plane today? 
And then, you know, I was like, did we have roast tonight? And then he, like, kind of turns it up by saying, was the roast undercooked? And then, you know, he's just joking around a little bit. But then the next question is, have you seen any pornographic films? I'm like, that was a jump. That is quite the jump. (laughs) Oh, man. And then, you know, he's just like, well, I mean, yes, but I mean, no, I mean, but really. And then. It's uh, that's just hilarious to me. That's such a yeah. for such a small scene. It's like one of the biggest ones in the movie. It is, and it's. I mean, it's obvious. It's the front of the poster. Yeah. It's it's the iconic thing that everybody remembers. Um, and it just it fits into this vibe that you just are like slightly frustrated but amused by the whole time, which is like Ben Stiller's character continually having to like try to make himself appear. It's weird because, like, at times he's just very self-confident in, like, yeah, who he is and yeah. what he's doing. Like, the whole nurse thing and, like, why he became a nurse and what he is. But then he, like, has this desire to, like, impress and, like, make – he has to, like, make up things to cover things that he doesn't think Jack would like. Right. And so you, we end up with cat nipple milking and, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch porn, but I kind of maybe might have glanced at it once. It's like, just be honest. Right. Honesty is the best policy. Right. Absolutely. You know, unless you're like Jeffrey Dahmer, and even then you would have been <laughs> caught earlier, I guess. But like, come on, like just quit, quit, uh, just quit ma- lying. It's like Greg, come that, on, dude. That's why there's a little bit, and it's going to be part of the well, actually, too. Is like some of the things that he does is kind of like putting himself in these situations to make it worse. Yes, one hundred percent self-inflicted. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that in the well, actually. Um, another favorite scene is meeting Danny, uh, Jack's, oh, yes. Jack's son. Yeah. It's like, I, it, what's interesting about it is, like, it's completely opposite of what you would expect uh, from one of Jack's kids. It's just like, uh, yes. Greg goes into this room, all of a sudden there's, like, a, a, um, a little Kim poster on the wall with some other, like, awesome artists that are there. And uh, he's trying to get some clothes and everything. And then you just see uh, Danny coming through the windows, like, hey, do people know that do people know that you're up here? Do people know that, you're, that I was gone or anything? And just, like, sneaking out, and, of course, you know, he's, like, spraying himself with an axe spray because he just got done smoking the marijuana, as one would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think another awesome part of the scene was Greg trying to relate to him by saying, oh, little <laughs> yeah. Kim, little Kim, uh, she's she's fat, you know, P-H. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and then uh, right when he's leaving, he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll keep your little... Uh, I'm keeping your little escapade on the on the lowdown, and then he corrects him by saying down low, and then without missing a beat, he's like no doubt. And I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious that there was no beats in there, besides like the the just the lines themselves. But it was yep. just interesting. Absolutely, seeing, yeah. Seeing Danny as a character being the way he is compared to Jack's daughters, it's just interesting. Yeah, I yeah I've got a comment about that later. Okay. And, and also, like, shout out to to Denny. What a great name, too, Denny. Oh, was it Denny? Um, I meant to say Danny. Whoops. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, on IMDb. It's Denny, okay. which is I just <laughs> like a weird little joke, I guess. Um, but maybe it's Danny. Whatever. Um, but John Abrams uh, plays him, which uh, you know you probably know him from Scary Movie. Yeah, uh, that's it. Oof! On our last pod, Scream. Let me tie all these pods together. Whoa. Uh, go back and listen to Scream. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he he is great in this as just like a he's the he's just a walking well actually to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that scene is is pretty good because it's like why the fuck didn't he come down and meet them all when he, Greg first right. got there? Yeah. Like why <laughs> he just randomly like oh now we're gonna meet him for the first time like the, a day after. Um, 
interesting. I also I also did enjoy that they put uh, Greg in Denny's clothes and just made him look even worse. Like people could judge him even more. It, it yep. just it uh, this it just keeps going, keeps going. Um, I also enjoy uh, when they meet Kevin. That would be Pam's ex boyfriend. I would uh, describe him as annoyingly perfect. And I yeah. think shout Stolen Wilson. Yeah, shout out to him for sure. And then. Uh, I think the best part is like when you first meet him, he's just like, Greg's like, oh, what got you into carpentry? And his answer was Jesus Christ, you know? And <laughs> I'm like, what? Didn't he say like, I think it's my the Lord and Savior, Jesus oh, Christ. Something like that. Yeah. He like, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. And then like, and then um, Jack explains that Greg is Jewish and he's just like, oh man, so is JC. You're in good company. I'm like, God, shut, shut the fuck up. I'm like, God damn it. Um, but then also in that whole scene, it's like a whole barbecue scene, and uh, there's yep. like this water. I mean, first of all, Greg comes down in like this little speedo, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, because the the running bit of like his suitcase oh, yeah. gets lost, mm-hmm. and so that's why he has to borrow clothes from from Danny, and then oh, yeah. he doesn't have a swim trunk, so. Uh, you know, of course, Kevin leaves out a fucking speedo for him, <laughs> which I mean, shouts to Greg. I'm mean, Greg's looking good. Yeah. Like he's got the body. He's like, get out there, strut your stuff, Greg. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'd do it right now. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but during this barbecue, there's like a really annoyingly competitive water volleyball match going on where they're like just mm. tossing Greg a bunch of shade. And just like anything that he does is completely wrong. And that's the, I think that's probably the scene where the most times you hear Fokker. Uh, <laughs> yes yeah he's why they're losing get your yeah. head in the game Fokker yeah, yeah. like yeah and yep. then and then the one time he does finally get into the game he spikes the ball into Deb's face and everyone's like you idiot Fokker what are you doing yeah. like everything like yeah. everything breaks her nose yep. like that's a, that's the iconic one that I, I besides the polygraph I feel like that's the one that everybody oh, will yeah. remember god yeah just like damn bro, that's brutal <laughs> and then uh and then you know he's finally um trying to have that conversation with Jack about marrying his daughter. And Jack is just kind of like blowing him off because he hears the toilet downstairs, which oh, I should say in reference, uh, Jack told uh, Greg when he first like introduced him to his den room or whatever like that. Uh, he's just like, don't use the toilet back here. It doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't flush. It, it just, it'll be causing a mess. So Greg is finally having this conversation saying like, Hey, I'm ready to marry your daughter. Jack's ignoring him because he hears the toilet going and he's just like, wait a second. Did you, did you flush this toilet? And of course, you know, Greg could have just said, yes, I'm sorry. I did that. But instead he blames the cat. Uh, and I think it's just absolutely hilarious how outraged, uh, Jack gets at it. And I wonder how much of that, since Robert De Niro was really into the cats, how much of that was actually acting or if it was actually Robert De Niro. Uh. <laughs> He's like, it's a cat. It doesn't even have thumbs, Greg, you idiot. Oh, my God. Um, but then that leads to their septic tank um, bursting and uh, kind of, you know, ruining their their area that Deb was going to get married on. So uh while that's happening they're moving the chairs and then kevin the annoying guy comes in and uh you know has a truck with the altar on it and sprays poop on everybody which is always hilarious that's why it's one of my favorite scenes because poop on people is hilarious as long as it's not me and then i'm I'm fine um but it's just like a chaotic like a chaotic uh, roll uh down a, a hill that doesn't get any better like so he's flushing this toilet he ruins the backyard and then later on, shortly after, uh, Greg accidentally lets Jinx, Mr. Jinx out, 
and then that causes him to start a fire and like he climbs on the roof he tries to get jinx he has jinx and then like he's smoking a cigarette because he found his pack of cigarettes and then it's just all chaos so like the fire didn't even get like the 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 big fire because he like sets this altar on fire um it wasn't even caused by his cigarette or anything it was caused because he broke off the uh um what the hell is it those God, I can't think gutter. of gutter. Thank you. I couldn't think of gutter. He breaks up the gutter. It hits like a power line. The power line falls and then it leads all the way to the altar and then everything starts on fire. It was just, it's just chaotic. Like I can't <laughs> understand how it goes from bad to worse for Greg. And like, this is just insane. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. That whole scene is just fantastic. Um, it's just it's like a it's like dominoes, you know. You see them all yeah. gonna fall, and they just go anyways. And it's it's so good. And the excuse like he put so much lacquer on the damn thing. It's like, yeah. Oh my god! How much lacquer did he put on that thing? God, it's so good. Uh, um, and then this is where I kind of like have questions about Greg and like wondering why he's doing this to himself. But then knowing that Jack is in love with his cat, why would he find a stray cat and paint it black on the tail? To make it yeah. look like that, like why would you even do that? That, but I mean, for that moment, for that the two minutes that you know, I mean, you knew it wasn't the right cat, but for That's those two great, minutes, yeah. but for those two minutes, you the thought slow mo, like right? Yeah. He's coming with the, in the carrier. Yep. You're like, oh, he finally got a dub. Yep, finally. But uh, we knew it was a secret L to begin with. So, um. God, yeah, that's where I like. That's where it all kind of like went loose, and like that's that's a little rough. It's like yeah. no, like Greg's making all these innocent dumb mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, like the line about milking cats and shit like that. <laughs> but then like that one is just like, bro, like please, like I, he's just been pushed so hard, I guess, that you your brain is just making bad decisions. But yeah. that's a real rough one. It's like they're gonna know exactly, exactly. Like, come on, and then and then of course you know like them driving back home and finding the cat destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, rough rough time there for Greg, which uh, you know eventually that causes an argument, which has him going back home. Uh, and the scene of Greg just like this is just Greg on his own, like this is nothing to do with family or hit like or, or or Pam's family or anything. It's just him on his own. He still has like the worst luck, so he's going to you know get on the plane, and they're like, oh sorry, we're only doing rows nine and above, and he's like, but I'm row eight and there's no one else here. Can I just do that? And then she's like, please step back. Of course, it's absolutely hilarious that there's no one around. And then she yeah. looks around, looks around, and then finally uh, gets on the phone. And is like, all right, we will now be boarding the rest of the passengers. And then she's like, ah, yes, have a good flight. And then the same lady comes on in because he's struggling. Uh, Greg is struggling to get his bag into the overhead uh, storage area. And she's like, you need to check that bag. And then he's just like, this is when he like goes off the handle and uh it's absolutely hilarious he's just like i don't want to do this right now i don't want to listen to anything that you're doing because i want to do what i want to do and you guys lost my baggage and this is bullshit are you gonna take my bag and put it down there with those guys with the earmuffs what are you doing and he's like it's not like i'm holding a bomb and then everyone's like oh my god freaking out and that's when he gets uh hilariously tossed off the the uh the plane and uh Mm -hmm. and and that's you know that's at the point where uh jack was like um, you know, realizing like maybe he was a little harsh and, uh, <laughs> I thought it was cool that he got to the airport and they're like, Hey, you can't park there. And he's like, just tow it. I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> he goes in there, he goes in there to save, uh, Greg and then does like that whole lie detector with the pulse thing. And, uh, yeah, eventually it was happily ever after where 
uh, you know, Jack pulls out the ring is like, will you be my son-in-law? And it's, that's, it's, it's good. It's good right there. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I the only other thing I have to add is I I enjoyed the suitcase bit which we've got some problems with oh, yeah. actually wise but um it is pretty funny you know they lose the suitcase it's great gags it's clever screenwriting the the bad suitcase comes and then you know uh Jack opens it and it's got like <laughs> fucking dildos and shit in it yeah, yeah. and it's like bro what the fuck uh you know and it's just it's to great effect. And then it culminates in that end airport scene where he's like freaking out about having to check in his bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of, lots of good stuff in this film. Definitely worth checking out. Well, actually, according to my calculations, I think that would defy all laws of, Oh my God, shut up. Let's dive into the, well, actually here. Cause I, we've got a couple here. Yeah, um, of course we do. number one as an educator. <laughs> yeah. Pam just leaving her kids alone to talk to her boyfriend who's across the street. Mm. She leaves them alone. Yeah, that's... Not even like leaves the room, <laughs> but leaves the building and goes across the street. And these kids are in kindergarten. Are you mm. fucking kidding me? There is no shot. Exactly. No that's shot. Done. Done Pam's, so. Pam's questionable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got a problem with all the nurse shaming oh, as well, sure. too. Yeah. Um, Listen, I get that it's the year 2000. We can, there. this is the part of the movie where it's like, okay, we're, we're you know, emasculating a man, uh, you know, as a joke, like, you get it, ha, 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 um, <laughs> But it's just like, ugh, come on. They like, did that a he's lot. Got a great, he, he's, it was a lot. It's a huge running gag. Like, when he gets to the table for that breakfast yep. and it's all the other doctors that are there. And he, you know, he's got a great reason for being a nurse. Like he likes patient care and actually like gets to work with people um, and is good at his job. Um, and it's just like he keeps being like kind of shit on about it. And I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. It's all it's awful. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a couple other things like uh, Pam being completely oblivious to like Greg not feeling comfortable in this whole situation. Uh, yeah. doesn't work with him whatsoever. Like, I'm not sure if that's bad because, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Like, doesn't realize like, oh, maybe my dad's being a little harsh on this, and then also like, kind of still being kind of flirty with Kevin too. Like, uh, like they were on the team and uh, the, the water, the water volleyball team, and then he's like, nice Ice shot, man. Iceman. Yeah, nice shot, yeah. Maverick and Iceman. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Shouts to another pod that we did before. Oh, yeah. You can go back and listen to <laughs> connecting them all. <laughs> What if, like, Meet the Parents had every connection to every single oh podcast? Yeah. I don't want to try to research that game. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> And this next one's about the Terminator. It's really weird. No, uh... I'm just uh... <laughs> um, but, yeah, then I, I start getting to the questionable methods of Greg trying to impress Jack. Like, I, I don't see, like, I think it really started out in the beginning when he was just, like, lying about living on a farm. Like it seemed like, yeah. I think I think if you would have just told the truth right there, then it'd been fine. Like especially mm-hmm. like figuring out that uh, Jack was lying about his profession uh, soon after. Like oh, he wasn't really a botanist or whatever. He was actually in the military. So I mean, like wh- why why do you have to impress this guy? Like stop. It's just weird weird questionable stuff that he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we said earlier. It's like dominoes, right? They're all just falling. Yeah. Super um, hard, super hard. Yeah, yep. And then uh, I, I, uh, I'm not sure how people deal with. I mean, everyone's a little different. I get it. But uh, why is Kevin around? Like, he's an ex-boyfriend, and like, I, 
I don't think there would ever be a chance that I would bring <laughs> I would bring my wife to an ex-girlfriend's house uh, ever. Um, so yep. I, I don't really understand why Kevin is around all that much. And it didn't even seem like Jack was that crazy about him. I mean, now he, I forgot. There was like something, I forgot what it was. He um, like, he liked him, he respected liked him. him, his profession, you know, like yeah. he makes good money, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's clearly, it's like comedic effect, but it, like yeah. in real life, like this is really what we're, we're going to rub this in. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. How can we make this more uncomfortable for the new guy? Exactly. Family? It's like. <laughs> Let's make it, let's make Greg the most uncomfortable human possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My next one is you know shouts to uh, Danny, uh, Jack's son, who I think I know the answer to this, but it's also like how is Jack not aware that his son is a total stoner? Um. You know, like his daughters, he upholds this like purity type thing, like no no really bad things can happen, and then he's got his son who just seems like a total kind of like typical like kind of fuck up it's, it's unknown how old he is either mm -hmm. um you know it's like clearly he's out of high school and he's like adult age living at home which i did you know mm -hmm. he shouts to that but he, you know he's rocking the little kim uh thing doing the axe body spray and this is very much like a patriarchal like the son can do anything that he fucking wants and like uh, the daughters have to be whatever yeah. but it was just also kind of like jack mr x cia like wouldn't have sussed this out at all right 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 really <laughs> i don't know oh it makes sense that makes sense yeah um we also have the great scene um where uh, Greg explains to Jack that Magic Dragon, his favorite song, refers to smoking marijuana. Um, in fact, if I can, we're going to actually, like, well actually nerd out on this. It's actually <laughs> smoking opiates. Okay, okay. Um, and then it's like, you know, did he lie about this intentionally to Jack because he thought marijuana wouldn't be as bad as smoking opiates? Um, who, who knows? Mm -hmm. But a whole generation of people left this thinking, oh, it's about smoking weed, when it's not. There you go. That's it. That makes um, I thought it was smoking weed too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Let's go back to the, one of the my favorite gags, which is the flight attendant one that you you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So when Greg is trying to get on the plane at the end, the flight attendant makes him wait right until his row is called, um, and there's nobody else there. But when Greg does board the plane, it is almost full, and there are people still coming on behind him. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, so what? What is it? What are we doing here? <laughs> so what? These people were extremely. Make late. up your mind. And it was it's also, also like a flight in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, there's that many people on a <laughs> on a midnight flight going. I don't. I don't remember where they fucking lived or where they were from. But like, it's what? What? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, hey, Chicago's a pretty popular area, I guess, right? I, I guess. I guess. Um. <laughs> uh, Greg's luggage as well. Let's talk luggage for a second. It should have a routing tag with his name and a flight on it. Um, at best, it would be delayed. Um, there's no chance that somebody else's luggage would be delivered mistakenly to well, him. Is that, just because the suitcase looked alike. Is that, uh, that's 2000 though. Like, would that No, be still, still, still in the year 2000. Okay. Yep, yep. Right. It's all kept track with a, a tagging system, right? So when you go, yeah. you've flown, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they put that little thing on your, your suitcase, the yeah, sticker. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's how you keep track of it. I mean, it's a great gag, but like, it's not real. Not fair, real. fair enough. One, two, three. This is a sound check. Sound check, Ben. Where we got? Um, we're doing Randy Newman. Is this our first Randy Newman? 
Um, Randy Newman! I'm pretty sure it is our first Randy Newman. Okay, well, cool. You Uh, continue and I'll look at it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, He was born November 28th, uh, 1943. He's an American singer, songwriter, arranger, composer, and pianist known for his southern accented singing style. I did not know that's what that was. I just thought, did not know the Southern thing. Of course, he did a lot of film scores. Uh, he has his own like solo albums as well, but he really got big in the film scores. Everyone knows the song, You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been um, nominated for 22 Academy Awards, winning two of them. Uh, Best Original Song in 2002 for If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc., which is actually very cool uh, because it was my wife's dad daughter dance at our wedding. Um the first time around, I forgot we got married twice. Um, and then best original song in 2011 for We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Um, Newman has also received three Emmys, seven Grammy Awards, and the Governor's Award for Recording Academy. Um, he was actually inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2002. And in 2007, he is officially uh, named a Disney legend, probably because of all of his work with Pixar and Disney there. Um, he's also received a star on the Walk of Fame in 2010, and he is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. That is, he's got a lot of stuff here. Um, and then the last one is in September of 2014, Newman received a Max Steiner Film Music Achievement Award and performed at the annual Film Music Gala Hollywood in Vienna for the first time together with his cousin, David Newman. So, yeah, he does a lot of film work now i mean he's started all the way back in 1971 of course like he didn't really get it going until toy story um and then like i said he dealt with a lot of pixar and disney like james and the giant peach one of my favorite movies of all time um a bug's life toy story 2 obviously monsters inc meet the parents um and the meet the parents series well actually i don't think he did little fockers but he did do meet the fockers um cars which actually his cars soundtrack album reached number six in the u.s charts which is pretty insane to me um and then of course toy story 3 toy story 4 cars you know all that good stuff randy newman what a legend prolific is our first randy newman this is our first one i for some reason i thought we did one before (laughs) um but here we are so that leads us to our soundtrack standout and i enjoy wipeout by the safaris uh they you hear that song when they are having the intense volleyball water volleyball match and uh i thought it was like when i was looking it up i'm like oh yeah this is a dick dale song who is another like surfing musician guy you'll know his guitar when you hear it but uh wipeout absolutely hilarious i shouldn't say hilarious but absolutely awesome song and uh really gets the blood pumping oh yeah yeah uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going fuck it. I'm going puff the magic dragon <laughs> by Peter Fall and Mary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> vibes, bro. Yeah. Just straight vibes. I, you know, I don't, I can honestly say I remember never hearing this song in my life until I saw Meet the Parents. Oh, really? I was gonna ask if you watched the no. cartoon. No, okay, no. completely unaware. I used to watch the shit out of that cartoon when I was younger, didn't know it was about drugs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Most things are about drugs, I feel like. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Water cooler, water cooler talk, oh yeah. Water cooler time. Let's jump into our Mount Rushmore here. Um, We went with Mount Rushmore family comedies mm. that um, we... Yeah, I don't... I don't... This was a goofy one, because this could kind of go wherever you wanted it to go. Mm. I went non-animated films, personally. I, I, I have one. 
Okay, one. and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It was just, I put a little rule on myself. Okay. So, um, what what do you got? Okay, well, my one anime, like technically, well, I shouldn't say technically. It is about family, so I'm gonna go with it. Coco, uh, my <sighs> my one. Movie. It is a great movie. It actually like so Amber and I watched it. Uh, I think a couple of years ago and it made me cry and I was just like trying I was like I remember crying like close to the end there and I was just like oh stupid movie why is this so emotional oh god <laughs> <laughs> trying to suck the tears back up in my face um but there's that one I cry I, all the time I cry all the time I can't oh, help it oh, I, Amy, I it. like my wife just like looks at me like she knows that I'm crying and I'm just like <laughs> I can't I don't, I don't even fucking care I'm just gonna cry hey, deal with know, it yeah exactly I, hey that's no no yeah. no uh no harm done there great movie though if you don't cry during Coco I question if you're alive oh god for real that movie is a heartbreaker Jesus oh my god Lord. I named we named our cat after Coco shouts oh, to Coco great cute. movie that's very cute watch it Disney plus baby it's all good it's all good um Another one I enjoy is Step Brothers, of course. Nice little <laughs> dumbass comedy. Catalina Wine Mixer. And then I really enjoyed the live action Adams Family movies back from like the 90s. Uh, I think like 91 was this one at least. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the shit out of like Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Um, and apparently, like, this is just a sidebar, but, like, apparently there's a curse on Adam's Family movies, because, like, the person that plays Gomez, apparently something tragic happens to them at some point. But that's, I digress. Oh Sorry. Um, and then my last family movie is my favorite Christmas movie of all time, A Christmas Story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah shoot your eye out. Exactly. Shoot your eye out, kid. No. That is cool. <laughs> what do you got, Mike? Oh. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm looking this up. They're they're so you know they're making the Adams Family spinoff series, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Called Wednesday. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't know that. I don't know anything else more. Wow. Apparently, Tim Burton's attached. Oh, I'm digging it. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, all right. We didn't overlap at all, which is exciting. Um, a lot I of went with. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, I went Home Alone. Okay. Uh, even though I, you know, probably like 70% of the movie is Kevin Solo, mm-hmm. the parts with the family are just really fucking great. Like, shout out to the iconic, chaotic pizza dinner. I think yeah. it's Pizza Hut uh, that they're all eating. And he was like, where's my cheese? And then Fuller is drinking the Pepsi. He's going to wet the bed. Um, you know, the, 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 he spills it when he fights with Buzz and he's like, look what you did, you little shit or whatever. The <laughs> Uncle Frank jerk, <laughs> jerk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, jerk. Uh, <laughs> uh, just iconic, great movie about family and the importance of family. Right. Um, I also want to shout out a movie that we did not as a pod, but as a movie, uh, for movie night, um, very early in the pandemic. And that is Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, which is just a great movie, kind of like strange and maybe problematic um, if you go back and look at it now. Mm-hmm. But um, just a really, really great uh, movie about a changing family, um, you know, and what happens when parents get divorced mm-hmm. and, you know, kids and, and all that kind of stuff in there. Really good movie, though. Yeah. Um, I also then went with uh, Exodus Vacation. Uh, yeah. which is just great. Chevy Chase. I don't, need, I don't think anything more needs to be said. It's just a great family movie. Talk about in-laws, like goofy in-laws for a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really good. 
Yeah. Uh, and then I'm gonna put I'll put this one on there. I put Meet the Parents up there on the Mount Rushmore. That's I think good. it's a really great movie. Um, really well done. It's a movie that I think a lot of people saw initially, and then I don't know how much people have rewatched it since. But it's definitely worth a rewatch. I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is something that you would want to keep or have from the movie? Um, I. I enjoy that hidden room in the basement or that den area, whatever that Ben Siller cool. that Greg runs into. I think I would keep that from the movie. I, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have like a polygraph in there or anything, but uh, but I'd, I'd I'd still like that polygraph at all your guests. And like, yeah. hey, you want to take yeah. a polygraph? Get in here. Where's this room? Where are we? I'm like, shut up. Don't worry about it. Just asking weird porn questions yeah. the whole time, like. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Um, I'm going with the real Jinx. Give me the real Jinx. Yeah, Jinx okay. seems pretty lit. Um, great stunt work. It, you know, no litter box too. That's kind of exciting. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Jinx. That's fair. I like that. Good cat. Good cat. Yep. Um, all right. What is missing from the movie that you wish you saw? Well, I wonder. Okay, so jack finds this report saying that greg actually didn't take that exam what was it called was it called the mcat or mcap the mcat yep MCAP. MCAP. Um, so i'm wondering like where he found his report or what report he got that made it seem like he didn't do it you know mm. yeah that's what i yeah that's kind of a tricky one because like also jack's very meticulous and how would he not know what greg's actual government name was yeah you know he just searched i mean i guess he thought like a last name like fokker how many fuckers are there oh that could be um, so like yeah i'm just gonna search greg fokker mm-hmm. um and then we get the great bit that his real name is gaylord fokker <laughs> yeah um which jesus fucking christ it's a whole um yep so yeah, all right, that was a good one. Um, I I think my will actually is what happened to fake Jinx. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Also, like the adoption type. I don't know, was the cat adopted? Was it just picked up? Are they really gonna let him go with the cat? I think it would have been funny if, like, in the sequel, um, they actually have that cat, Greg. Like Greg oh. and Pam <laughs> now have the fake Jinx. Hey. You know that would that would be a good little bit, but right. you know maybe not. Maybe not. We will just never know. That was good. Just drove it back to the to the pound, I guess. Yeah. Fuck off, fake jinx. Sorry, Jesus. fake jinx. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Terrible cat. <laughs> Who's the best around? Who didn't really bring the movie down? You're the best around. Who do you got? Um, I have to give it to a minor character. His name. Well, it's Kevin, the Owen Wilson's character. Um, very accidentally hateable, uh, because he's too perfect. Yeah, like. So I think he he nailed that role well. Yeah. Yeah. Crushes it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The the carves the gazebo from a single yeah. piece of wood. Like fuck off, man. man. Like, Jesus what Christ. The fuck, bro? <laughs> oh my god. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. He's just got the rich ass house. Like it's yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. Too, too good. Um, I you know, I mentioned it earlier, I'm going jinx. I'm yeah. going the Himalayan. Let's talk briefly here about the training oh, that yeah. this cat had. Uh-huh. The stunt work. The climbs up the house, the trellis to get on the roof. Mm-hmm. Like, incredible. Incredible cat acting in this movie. The potty training, going to the bathroom and the toilet. You know, Greg opens the door and it's there and it does the turn. Yeah. The the ashes scene with the look back. I mentioned, like, the face. Like, that cat <laughs> makes that scene. Yeah. Um, it's just super good. I, I just think... Listen, animal actors are tough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and this one pulls it off, man. Absolutely. Pulls it off. Absolutely. Good stuff. Over, under, what's the final verdict? Last but not least, overrated or underrated? I think you all can guess where we're going with this. What do yeah. you think, Ben? Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of spoiled it in the beginning, but it is underrated. It's an underrated movie. It's uh, it's good. It's It held up for the 22 years it's been around, um, and it's just funny. All the antics, hilarious. I, I, I can't... Uh, get over how bad things got for Greg and how worse they just kept going. It was all good stuff. Yeah, just a great, great movie. Um, well worth a watch and a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Meet the Parents. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Ignore the sequels. Ignore uh, the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, uh, so that's it. That's for today's episode. Um, thank you for entering into our circle of trust. <laughs> Follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Where Have You Been? And like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Where Have You Been? Feel free, as always, to send recommendations and feedback. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. Until next time. Bye bye.